Welcome to Hallmark Remarks. Hallmark Remarks. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just adding to it every time. Just adding more and more. Welcome. Um, I'm Sophia. I'm Emily. And we're just so happy that you're here. So with us. happy. I don't know what number so episode pumped. this is, but it's starting to feel like a thing. It is starting to feel like a thing, and so much so that we've gotten into this really fun pattern where Emily. 12 seconds before the podcast gets recorded, finishes the movie <laughs> and sometimes has notes, yeah. <laughs> but always has great thoughts. And me, who's never responsible, finishes it like three days prior and has all these notes. So I know you're like on it with a rubric. I was just oh telling my, my gosh, mom, yes. I was like, Sophie is on it. She has a color coded, say this five times fast, a color coded Christmas movie calendar. <laughs> like Wow. Color coded on Christmas calendar. <laughs> And um, I was like, she's organized. She's got this. She has a rubric. She takes notes. I <laughs> watched the movie two hours before we record it. And I have to fast forward through all the commercials because it's right at two you hours. You don't have time. Yes. And then this time, though, I was ready. I finished watching this movie 20 minutes before we were supposed to record. I got myself <laughs> a snack. And I still made it into my bed <laughs> ready to record in time. <laughs> I'm on it. I was very proud. I was very proud. And um, I was the one who was shoving food down my throat. We were both eating. It's okay. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, We just had one of those nights where I was like, I like, sometimes I am really good about not multitasking. Yeah. And other times I'm like, yeah, Yeah. this sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. It's starting to sprinkle, but let's get the grill started. And while we're waiting for the charcoal to like you know get get hot enough we'll start working out yeah <laughs> and in between like sets we'll go out to check the temperature yeah. and then oh it's a torrential downpour now well dang it i'm not losing that charcoal come back inside get a little bit more workout done shove the burgers on the grill while there's lightning mm-hmm. literally over my head and let's just keep getting this workout done you risk so, it for the biscuit gotta risk it for the biscuit for the burger gosh darn it <laughs> I'm gonna risk it. And for that the sounds like patty. me 100%. Like earlier today, um, like I got home from running all my errands and stuff, and I was like, okay, I have enough time. I could probably put some of these clean clothes away, and then I have to take these things into the kitchen. Well, while I'm in the kitchen, let me just start organizing these snacks into mason jars. Naturally. And like moving, reorganizing cabinets. But oh, I forgot that I have to still go back up in my room and finish the clothes I started folding. So, like, I just I I'm either hyper focused or I'm hopping around like crazy. So low key, I might have ADHD, and I don't mean that in an insensitive way. I'm just like, huh? I have some huh. I have some behavior traits that I need to figure out. I'm like, is this an Enneagram Seven thing, mm. or is this clinically diagnosed ADHD? Undiagnosed. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit of both because you you will hear you know for ADHD um for people who struggle with it like. It's one of those things where, yeah, there's not really control. Yeah. You you just kind of go with it, whatever. And if you have something you need to get done, you'll get everything else done instead, whatever. And I'm like, okay, also, we live in a society where our attention span is the length of a TikTok video, which is no longer than one minute. Sometimes they're three. But yes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) The attention span of a goldfish is the general feel of the society right now. Or like kind of that i'm overwhelmed so i'm gonna make sure every task i'm doing is overwhelming you know Mm -hmm. and um i was 
for those who can't see what we're doing right now, which is literally everyone, um, I'm sitting in my office and with new wall shelves hanging so up pretty. everywhere. And it took me like a good chunk last night of doing it because I wanted it to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, there's books here that I don't care about. You know, so then I was like getting rid of some books and adding some books and whatever. And in the middle of all that, in the middle of the chaos, I was like, oh, some of my earrings need to be put away. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I literally went, Sophie, we are in the middle of a project and we are going to finish it. And then I went and finished it. That's great. I need to, <laughs> I, I repeat to myself at work a lot, slow down to speed up. And that was a retail Ooh. thing of mine too, because yeah. if it gets frantic, I, I'm okay with multitasking at work. Like I work at a coffee shop and you have to be able to multitask and it comes in handy sometimes. Um, but sometimes I will just start multitasking too hard where then I actually forget yeah. about the tasks. You know, like that bagel has been finished for three minutes. They probably want their toasted bagel right now um, and yeah. all these other things. So slow down to speed up is something that I have to tell myself all the time. And it's not necessarily like finish what you're doing now type thing. It's just breathe. And yeah, so you don't like slip and fall or something. It could like make it worse. So I need to tell myself like, no, you're working on this right now. Give yourself five more minutes of this. And then if you have to move on, you can move on. Because mm-hmm. there is sometimes like the benefit of being able to like, okay, if you have like seven projects going on at once and you're doing a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. it can get frustrating because you're like, I'm not making any progress. But then all of a sudden when you're done, you have seven, seven done things projects. Done. And like, yeah, that's like super so satisfying. Nice. Or it's almost like, well, if I'm going to have chaos, I might as well just have chaos like everywhere. Like if I'm cleaning, if I'm mm-hmm. um, decluttering, I might as well just declutter everything. That's kind of the mindset. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, or you can declutter the junk drawer and then you have a clean junk drawer. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe it's the domino effect and you feel like doing more. Or maybe you don't, but you at least don't have chaos and you still have to keep going when you don't feel like exactly. it. Exactly. And then it's like everything is chaotic. I feel like yes. I'm, I'm sometimes all or nothing and it depends on what the particular project is, whether or not I multitask with it or hyper focus on it. And so, so, but like sometimes I'm just not productive or motivated whatsoever. So I start with something small and then it eventually does kind of turn into the domino effect I feel that way about the gym sometimes too I tell myself like Mm. okay well and changing my mindset from like an aesthetic goal to a movement goal has helped a ton but sometimes I still don't even want to do that Mm. but realistically I know that my body would benefit from some movement and so I tell myself go and walk on the treadmill for five minutes and like at least you went and if you're there you usually get the motivation to do something when you're there, even if it's not very long. And sometimes that looks like just going. Sometimes that looks like putting your shoes on. Like, it just depends on the day. So, Well, there's this really good book I finished a while ago called Atomic Habits. Oh, I've heard and of that. It's excellent. You definitely need to read it. But I actually was just telling a friend today, I needed to have Atomic Habits, the book Deep Work, and the book Soundtracks all, like, kind of being read in um like clo- in a close proximity yeah. of a timeline i don't know how to say that but like um you know one right after the other because they all fed well into each other and i feel like i was able to um put everything into practice mm-hmm. and it wasn't like i couldn't do anything i was trying i was trying all these different methods and figuring out what worked whatever but atomic habits my the mindset is um just make a one percent 
growth change mm. every day. I love that. And so instead of being like, I have to be 100% on everything at all times, which is what January 1st feels like, Absolutely. you know, because of your goals, it's, it, they're just saying like, if you do that, you'll make, it's something like a 67% change in the year, you know, on whatever goal you were trying to reach. So like, you know, if you, yeah, if you were wanting movement and you also recognize, but I do need to lose weight. Like mm-hmm. I do need to, um, you know, I know why I have this extra weight and it is because of unhealthy eating and like that kind of thing. Then you'll like have, you know, you'll have made like 67% more growth towards that goal, right. um, at the end of the year. But it's like, if you don't do anything, it's like you have a decline of 33% or so it was some, you know, Oof. combination of those numbers. And, um, anyway, so that was great, except applying that was really hard until I read the book Deep Work, which was about satisfying work and ending your, ending your day satisfied. And so instead of doing the shallow stuff, which feels like good because, oh, I got that email, you know, responded to, so check, you know, check off the list, whatever. It was like, no, you need to carve out a couple hours in your day to really dive into something that you actually care about to become an expert at it, to to really learn it fully to satisfy you. And then soundtracks was the like overthinking. And so what you just said, slow down to speed up, that's a soundtrack. Like that's mm. how you kind of change, um, you know, your mindset so that you aren't seeing um, I'm so ugly and fat. So therefore I need to work out. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, like my body, I enjoy movement because, you know, it just, it wakes me up in the morning or, you know, I enjoy movement because, um, you know, whenever I feel my feet hit the ground, every time I run, um, it just makes me appreciate the body God gave me or, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, and it's just, and so like the combination was really cool, but that 1% change is, I don't know, like it was just really impactful because it took the pressure away of like, I have to do everything all the time oh, totally. perfectly. And it was like, hey, what little thing could I do? Could I just go on a walk on my lunch break today? Because I've been watching, you know, Netflix on my lunch break every day and I feel sluggish, you know? Yeah, we love the the small changes and like the mm-hmm. perspective shift of everything is, it, that's all it, that's all you need sometimes. That's all you need. All you need is 1% of change. Perspective shift. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All you need is perspective shift. Da, 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 da. I don't, it, I can't think of the melody when I change the words like that. Oh, I'm yeah. a failure theater I kid. can. I'm actually really good at oh, it. I'm proud of you. Just, to, it's one of those skills that will get me nowhere in life except for, you know, maybe on a podcast. Yeah. Well, good <laughs> thing we have one of those. Speaking good of which, let's introduce the movie we're talking about today. Yes, Love Under the, the stars. stars, which we both forgot the name of it right before we started recording. Yeah. I was like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, we had to make sure. Yeah. Because, ooh. Um, so here's, the my, I'm just going to start off with, I have an ish with this movie, and that is the fact that there was only one 12 second moment when they were under the stars. I, thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what? I was literally <laughs> trying to figure out where that was going to come in. Like, mm-hmm. Love Under the Stars, like... The movie itself, the title, you know, I was kind of playing our game from last time where I was trying to think about what it might be, what the plot line might be. Nothing. I didn't read anything about this movie. And this is actually a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. So yeah, different, so I'm glad you a little, a little mm-hmm. different than what we have been covering so far. And I did notice a difference. So we can mm-hmm. talk about that. But I was going into it completely blind. And so 
I was, of course, trying to figure out. Wait, did you have a prediction? I didn't have a prediction. I didn't have a prediction beforehand. Mm. I was trying because I was like stars, you know, and we knew that it wasn't like specifically a fall or Christmas or summer type movie. So it was kind of nice, though, because I was like, all right, well, let's just go into this thing blind and see what happens. And yeah, there was like 12 seconds where they were under the stars. Well, two different moments. It was like it. it was like an important moment, but like. Not enough to make it the movie title. I was a little bit disappointed. I was like, I, um, you know, when you listen to a song on the radio, the song has like lyrics the title has like the lyrics in it or whatever. And I feel like as an artist that has to be so frustrating because you want to describe the song instead of just being like, oh, that's the, hey, yeah, Yeah, like whatever. Um, but I'm like, when you, yeah, like when you watch a movie, you have the synopses like ahead of time that you can read. Yeah. And I bet you this movie, I didn't read them, read it yeah. ahead either, but I bet you this movie never mentioned anything about stars except for, oh, yeah. you know, that the, one moment. There was so, like a few moments that I think maybe they were kind of reaching, um, yeah. but overall, yeah, not a lot of yeah. stars yeah. <laughs> in this. So why don't you like give kind of the summary yeah. of the movie real quick and we can, we'll, we can kind we'll of dissect it from it. there. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I'm really bad at summari- summarizing because I just started ta- like talking about the whole thing from start to finish. And you, like branch off. Yeah. I know. Okay. We're going to try and stay focused and keep this into the elevator pitch of the movie. So basically you have a uh, girl named Becca and she is kind of a discombobulated grad student. I identified very hard with her. Um, I figured you would. <laughs> she is um, working on her thesis and she ends up meeting a dad and his daughter um, whose mom had passed away and it is them it's her navigating trying to figure out her thesis growing closer to this family helping this little girl work through grief um, she is a psychology uh, she's in a psychology master's program so she's kind of helping this little girl and the dad kind of work through the grief of losing the mother kind of observing trying to figure out and ends up learning a lot about herself in the process and because it's Hallmark they end up together but we we take a little bit of a trip to get there to the end. We do take a little bit of a, a trip bit of a to trip. get there to the it's end. It's probably the most concise synopsis I've ever done. That actually is very concise. Thank so, you so much. um, I have a lot of thoughts. All right. Um, for first off, so she's single as a Pringle, which yes. shocker, and so is he. Yes. Um, the reason they met is because she was a teacher's assistant at his daughter's school because her like mentor was encouraging her to go and spend time with children to come up with a thesis topic Mm -hmm. or whatever and her daughter really liked it really liked is it what was her name becca becca yeah i almost said emily the little girl's name name is emily Emily. yeah i was like oh hey girl yeah so cute um and (laughs) her daughter like or his daughter didn't really talk to people because um, of the grief mm-hmm. and just not knowing how to process her emotions. <laughs> and Becca, like, I love what she said. She said, you know, instead of when people say ask you, like, how you are, instead of, like, they're looking for you to say fine. But maybe you can describe how you feel in different ways. Like, um, I'm a balloon with no air in it. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm a, day, you know, summer day at the beach. And... The little girl like really liked that and it was kind of quirky enough that it just I don't know like just hit her hit her correctly 
And so she goes home and she's like, I made a new friend today, Dad. And he was like, oh, let's have a play date. Yes. <laughs> and so they go to this play date and he's expecting this little girl and it's this grown woman. And they're like having their own date while his I daughter's know. like, I was, I was like, like, this is so weird. I was, I was like unsure. But I, I like at the beginning. So Becca is introduced as like kind of constantly running late, kind of all over the place. You know, she has this part where she says on their quote unquote play date that she's like, I'm 30 and still in college. I think my entire life has been thinking and learning up until this point. And I was like, oh, girl, I feel that, you know, she's changed her major all these different times and stuff. So you kind of get the impression off the bat that Becca is like all over the place, but very like, I think, wise in her own little pockets of area of like of her life and stuff like that. And so like Sophie said, her her advisor was like, you're really good at child development psychology you know you should observe and and all this stuff so I just thought it was so funny that when (laughs) she like calls her advisor and she goes so I have a boundaries question and off that bat I was like yes okay thank you for addressing that because it is weird that you're technically not a teacher's assistant hired by the school either so I don't know how that's allowed but you you're going on a a hangout session with a nine-year-old and you're 30 which, like, I guess, you know, several years ago we would have never questioned, but now it's like, is that weird? So I'm glad that she called her advisor and was like, I have a boundaries question. Is this okay? And he ultimately, you know, obviously encouraged her to go. And then they kind of acknowledge the fact that, you know, she showed up and she says to the dad, like, you were expecting a nine-year-old, weren't you? <laughs> like, surprise. <laughs> so, like, right off the bat, they're having this kind of awkward flirty interaction because obviously they're both super attractive and she's trying to be professional because okay (laughs) but the super attractive part her wardrobe was horrible it was very basic and like just plain okay she was wearing this like wannabe lavender shirt but really it was a faded ugly gray shirt and i'm not hating on gray (laughs) but it was that thin cotton like material that rolls after you wear it like twice you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes like, i know exactly. so bad or like if you like put your hand behind it and you like push your thumb out and you let go it just leaves the like forever you have wrinkle the wrinkle there. collar yeah yeah that's the shirt she was wearing with like a brown cardigan <laughs> i was like this is bad. I love your and observation this was like, of that because i it, i didn't even think twice about it i was like it was, yeah, it's basic it was hard and and the thing is Okay, there was a movie we watched um, recently and reviewed where we talked about, oh, yeah, it was the Sand Dollar Cove yeah. where her wardrobe was really stiff yeah. and her hair was really stiff. And then as it went, like, her hair was let down yeah. and her, like, outfits were it's more like a visual. It kind of got like that. So I think what they were going for in the worst way possible um, was she was always running late, always missing the bus, always, you know, out of breath making noise making noise like going into class late or whatever and so it kind of gave me the like threw on whatever you found vibe and not responsible and once she was in this girl emily's life and in the guy's life like whatever like they were having all these good interactions i noticed she cleaned it up a little bit and she was showing up on time so i think it was supposed to be that visual it was just so bad i was like this is not what a 30 year old wears well and it's funny to me too i I like I've never done that in the morning where so it opens up the opening scene is like 
her running late for class and then it cuts back and forth between her running late for class and trying to get ready and then him uh nate is the dad's name nate getting emily ready for school and like kind of going through their day and it shows their morning routines essentially and the difference i think they wanted to contrast the two but i uh i was like i mean i get it because I've been late to class before like that. And sometimes you just eat a Pop-Tart as you walk in. Like, <laughs> I get it. Yes. Um, but I had another observation of like, ma'am, do you have a job? Because that's a really nice house. And you yeah. supposedly live in San Francisco. Yeah. How? And she yeah. she refers to her roommate. I don't think she's a roommate. She says, my upstairs neighbor. <laughs> So yeah. I guess it was a, it was like a double it was like apartments in oh. like a row house or townhouse type vibe, yeah. but it was beautiful and very large. She had a lot of square footage from what I could tell, and they set it up to where she's like rinsing her mouth out, brushing her teeth like with orange uh-huh. juice and oh. all this stuff. And I was like, um, it was what? like they were trying for that like frat boy, nineteen year old, yeah. you know, just throwing on whatever t shirt he found on the floor vibe, yeah. you know, with a female, which doesn't always translate well. No, and she's thirty. Like, you really do get your shiz together your late twenties. I mean, you just do. And yeah. I don't know. It was just so. It, so okay. So I'm gonna say this too. Two two things. It opens up with her into that class and it was like a master's level class where she was gleaning information so that she could go and write a thesis. Mm -hmm. And my undergraduate degree was psychology and I took several child psychology courses, you know, development, like whatever. Loved those courses. Thought they were amazing. So good. And what he was talking about I learned in my psych 101, 101. class, Ob- day one. Object permanence, <laughs> And day I was one. like, you guys couldn't have tried for something a little bit. I mean, we've got things like Big Bang Theory on TV where they say things that the audience does not understand. Yeah. Like, you could have said just some crazy, you know, concept, whatever, out there thing that nobody would have gotten, and it would have solidified the fact that she was in a master's level program. I would have never Instead, guessed. you made me feel like when I was 18 years old sitting there going, wow, kids don't understand that there's, you know, something under the blanket when you just showed them what it was. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think that was interesting. I think maybe what they were trying to do was also talk about hint towards the abandonment issues that Emily was mm. feeling since her mom had died. Mm. So I got Ooh, that good. part, but, like, mm-hmm. I would have never guessed she was a master's student because I no. also learned that, like, child development 101, day one, you talk about object permanence and, like, attachment yes. styles. So I... I like the idea of, like, and I think maybe I caught on to it and, like, we would have caught on to it because of, like, our psych knowledge. Yeah. But the fact that they were just talking about, that Emily and her dad were just talking about, like, her missing her mom, you know, wanting to wear her mom's jewelry and and all this stuff. And her dad is a map maker. So when they're walking through town, he was kind of teaching her how to make maps you find your focal point like your your object uh, your permanent object that doesn't move so i thought that that was cool because they're clearly they're talking about like an attachment throughout the whole movie they had they hint towards attachment and fear of abandonment and grief wait that's so that was such a good observation on your part i was just dissing on like how basic that concept was (laughs) but instead they were bringing the audience along and what that looks like practically it was so bravo hallmark well thank you for well yes bravo emily for catching 
that. Um, Bravo Hallmark for thinking that. But I thought that was cool, too, that he's, like, a map maker. Yeah. I've never really seen that that before. And so, you know, he's teaching her how to uh, make a map. You find your your Mm -hmm. object of permanence. You find focal points. You can, like, count your steps between. You step it out. Yeah. Very, Mm -hmm. like, calculated and all this stuff. So that's actually how she ends up – how Becca and Emily end up meeting. Becca's first day of being a teacher's assistant, they're playing this – they're doing, like, a a nature – you know search party whatever I don't know can't even think of the word but Emily Mm -hmm. is out there making a map of the nature walk and Becca sees her and she has a little conversation with her and all this stuff and then um, that's kind of how that little friendship starts to blossom and you know she sees her Becca sees her at school the next day and she's just like you know what's the story on her she doesn't really talk much and all the little kids are like oh her mom died she doesn't really talk much after her mom died and then we find out that Becca's mom had also passed away when Becca was seven. So she has that in common with Emily. And um, I think, like, that's kind of the uh, start of her thinking of a thesis topic. She starts spending more time with Emily and therefore spending more time with her, you know, with Nate, with her dad and all this stuff. So it was a cute little way to introduce, like, the maps and how Emily liked making maps. And I think it was with her abandonment and attachment styles, it was like, you know, you make a map so that you always know where you are and where people are. And like, it's a very concrete visual. So you know where you are and you won't get lost. And I was like, that's so good. That's so cute. It is really good. There's something. So uh, there's a concept of grounding, mm. not like punishment, but <laughs> feeling grounded. Yeah. Um, and something that Haley and I will do together and I'll even do it with myself sometimes, like when I need it. But um, you do, and I, I mix it up every time because I just go off of what's what's off the top of my head, but it's like five things you can see, mm. four things you can hear, three things you can taste, two things you can smell, one thing you can touch. Mm. And the what, the what each one is, you can flip it, whatever. Um, but it's like helpful to kind of take you away from the spiral or the panic or the frustration or the you know, the fixation and that kind of thing and can kind of just take you back to like, where are you right now? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you smelling? What are you hearing? Oh, I hear the air conditioning. Okay. So like that tells your brain I'm inside. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, what can you taste? And usually it's like, what would you like to taste right now? So then it's like, oh, a hot fudge sundae. So that's like a happy thing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of triggers that part of your brain. And there's all these things, there's all these little tricks you can do that are incredibly healthy, that are incredibly safe. Um, that you can do with yourself, that you can have other people help you with or do with you, um, that kind of bring you back to that solid point, And then you can take a, a step forward to healthy. Yeah. And that map was what Emily used. Mm-hmm. You know, she was able to say, I have control over this. And what I'm creating is not, I mean, her dad talked about, I just, he would like draw maps and mazes of like these non-existent places but Emily never did that. Mm-hmm. She only ever did where she was. And she would always step it out, always, like, think through and all that kind of stuff. And so that was kind of her, like, um, her way of grounding without having it specifically, you know, called that or yeah. whatever. So. Yeah. And I did – I noticed, too, um, at one point, Becca and Emily go to um, the planetarium mm-hmm. and – this really cute part of the planetarium where they get to paint the, you know, paint under the stars or paint their own planets or something. Emily created a new planet 
And so I thought that that was cute because by this point, she has been spending more time with Becca. So she's kind of coming out of her shell a little bit. And everybody throughout this point has been talking about how much more talkative Emily is, how much more confident she seems. And so we kind of get the visual when she's creating her own new planet. It kind of steps out of that realm of like the here and now. And she's kind of having a little bit more fun. She's doing all that. Like Mm -hmm. she's being a kid. Yeah. And she's like naming her planet and all this stuff. And so I think it was a very cute kind of subtle change throughout. I'm always fascinated and kind of curious about timelines as a whole in like movies and stuff, especially Hallmark movies that are like so short and they just have to be kind of quickly developed. But I'm curious, like, you know, she was late getting her thesis turned in or her uh, proposal turned in for her thesis. So I don't know if this was a whole four month, like a semester long process or if it was honestly like a one month thing. But I think it was like the beginning of it, the first chunk was probably like over the course of a month. Mm. Um, but then when she turned in her, yeah, her proposal, her like what I want to be writing about. Yeah. That was at that like one month mark. And then I think it was over the course of, you know, some time. But I will say, okay, so I really do want to unpack the like psychological parts. Yeah, of, absolutely. Of the There's so many. But also the romance side. Yeah. So I'm going to transition to the romance side for just a second because um, I was kind of scrolling through my notes. And I was like, I have got to start live tweeting because I'm watching these movies because I am cracking up. So, um, the dad and what's the dad's name? Nate. Nate. So Nate and Becca were, um, obviously like there was like some flirting and whatever. And what I truly appreciate is like, as he was trying to grapple with like, do am I attracted to somebody other than my wife? Like he was attracted to her love for Emily. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was attracted to... Um, how Becca got Emily out of her shell. Like, that's that's really cool. And he was able to, you know, kind of, like, grapple with that, whatever. And he also confidently was like, I like you. Yeah. <laughs> One night. And so I'm like, okay. I, so I, I really do appreciate there wasn't this, like, leading her on situationship mm-hmm. crap. But he was like, um, oh, I guess it's a date then. And she literally was like, oh, uh, why would I want to, why would this be a date? It's not that I wouldn't want to date you, but you know, us dating. (laughs) Why would you say that? Is this a date? Uh." So I'm just going to start reading my thoughts for a second. Yes. (laughs) I said her reaction to him calling it a date is so relatable. (laughs) I feel this and I hate it. Yes. Um, So then he invites her to the family cabin yeah trip or whatever where his parents were gonna be and um that was weird yeah i was like that's moving really fast honestly i was like emily girl like y'all can Mm -hmm. say no to being invited somewhere Mm -hmm. she's a child (laughs) i mean seriously and then one of them says oh it's emily no it's i mean it's becca 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 talked earlier in the movie about how she had a six month mark on all of her relationships mm-hmm. and i was like that's a flipping long relationship it's a long one like yeah i mean i don't know i've not had a six month i've had a five month mm-hmm. that's the longest so i'm like there that's a long relationship so anyway not like in regards to marriage but for her to sit there and belittle that i was like what the heck but she said i think i'm so afraid of commitment because life is so unpredictable and I was like, LOL said in a Hallmark movie. Honestly, <laughs> the most predictable of all movies. <laughs> the most predictable. Life is still unpredictable. 
I know. Um, anyway, so then I they go on this date where he comes over and she makes him dinner, except it was actually her roommate who made it. <laughs> and she didn't lie about it. I loved that yeah. part. I love that he was like, oh, did you make all this? And she was like, yeah, no. My uh, my upstairs neighbor, as as Emily mentioned, she called her. Yeah. Uh, but my upstairs neighbor, you know, made all of it. And he was like, fine with it. And I just, I love how they didn't make the dr- dramatic, like, oh, you lied to me. I can't eat this meal crap that well. you usually see, you know. We won't speak too soon about yes. some unnecessary. Well, that drama. one, that one's <laughs> relatively understandable. But I forgot what the context was. But he literally says like this quote to her, and it was very much a. Mm? He says, "Is there something else you'd rather do with me?" And it, I, I literally went. What? He then <laughs> uh, the the putt putt date that they went on later. Mm. He like. They had made a joke earlier in the movie. She was like, I could beat you at putt-putt with my eyes closed. And so he takes her on a date as like a rematch and he literally blindfolds her. And then he says something about like her being mean to him. And she goes, you like it. And she's like blindfolded and all this stuff. And I was like, uh-huh. Hallmark. I know. That's the movie's a mystery. It is. That is, that is Netflix, Hallmark. Netflix After is dark. like, oh, we're actually going to, ha- they're actually going to have sex. And you're like, oh my gosh. Oh, Lord. Like, um, but here's my thing. It was like, they were in the kitchen, uh, uh, like after eating dinner and they were doing that whisper talk. Yeah. And that's when you know, like, they're about to kiss. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, so. Like that breathy talk. Yes. And then he freaking chickened out. Yeah. I was so mad. I covered I was like, my no. eyes. And then, went, and then he leaned in to hug her and she kissed his, his ear. ear. <laughs> that part, I covered my eyes because, like, the first time, it's like, I have to go relieve the babysitter. And yes. you could see that it was kind of like... Uh, uh, okay okay bye yeah and then he like mm-hmm. puts his jacket on and then i think it was meant to be this like big dramatic romantic moment but then it wasn't because yeah. then like sh- did she turn her head or something and and kissed his ear on accident no he turned his head okay so like she thought he was coming in for a kiss and he turned yeah. his head because so I, I literally covered my eyes. i walked away from I walked away from my computer and I shook my hands and I went. <laughs> I feel so, it was so awkward. I literally covered my eyes and I was like, "Oh, oh, that's uncomfy." Oh, oh it was so oh, bad. I don't like that. And oh uh, but they gosh. acknowledged it later, like when they do yes. eventually have their first kiss, yes. which is like, which under is the, the only stars. time they were under the stars. Yeah. Yes, she goes. Oh that was gosh. much better than that ear kiss. <laughs> I was like, "Thank you, thank you for at least acknowledging it." I did appreciate like. They just, everything was out in the open. Like, yeah. he, she was like, um, they went to that planetarium, and at one point, Emily got distracted and walked away, and Becca didn't realize it, so they lost each other, which was so sad. Yeah, like, it was such I got emotional. Moment. I was stressed. I know, I was stressed. And then they found each other or whatever, and later, she's, like, telling me, and she's like, I'm so sorry, I lost her, whatever. And I thought he was going to freak out. Yeah. How dare you? You know, that's my only whatever. And he just, like, laughed, and he was like, you want to know how many times I've lost Emily? Five. Yeah. Like five solid times. And I was like, I love this. I love it so much that they were just like, hey, they she never tried to hide things. Yeah. She never tried to like make things like they were, you know, they weren't something, whatever. Except there was this underlying, like we as the audience knew she was writing her thesis and she had picked um, the topic. I wrote it down, but it was something uh, initially it was something about like helping children um, who have like lost helping children like grieve yeah you know or, process their um, grief or process, something process their emotions or whatever um and it had to do with like the death of a loved one like mm-hmm. there was something there and um so you knew like we knew watching it oh there's this thing going on and he's gonna 
the predictable part. He's going to find it and he's going to get mad because it's going to have been about his daughter and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you're having this, like, they're open and upfront and honest with each other. And she's even like, hey, as they're kind of getting to know each other and, like, starting to date a little bit, she's like, I have a six-month ex- expiration date. And he's like, I heard you say that and, like, I respect it, but because of Emily like I can't I can't be in a relationship that I know is gonna end yeah yeah six months I in. loved that part like, yeah and they just had like a really good open con- conversation and I was I was a little bit like oh the like my kid has to come first but also yeah, yeah. like I felt that because if a guy told me that right now I'd be like okay thanks bye yeah yeah <laughs> like, and like so I'm we had a few that. we had a few moments throughout their like quote-unquote dating process where we're like you know, when they were actually under the stars, this was the cabin weekend, they go off on a little walk together and they're under the stars and they end up getting back to the cabin later than they said they would. And she promised Emily that they would look at the stars together at like a certain time and she was late. So Emily got mad and I thought that she was going to be mad at Becca because Becca was Mm -hmm. the one who was late. Emily gets mad at her dad and was like, dad, that's my friend. You like... You kept you, my, you friend, my friend, basically. Yeah. So that was something I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. then he gets upset and he's just like, maybe we should cool it after this weekend because Emily comes first and I need to make sure that like she knows that I'm not going to go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And, and Becca was super understanding. She was upset, but she mm-hmm. said, you know, Emily's your number one. I get it. So there, that was like a weird tiff. But then that resolved itself quickly because Emily missed Becca and he was like yeah I have two and they got back together and all this stuff and he said he said um 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 hang on now that I have my daughter's approval I am calling to officially ask you yeah yeah and that was cute (laughs) I was like that I love that so much because they got like the first date jitters and this was the putt-putt date like the rematch and all this stuff so like her roommate her roommate was like you've gone out with him a couple of times. Why are you so nervous? And she was like, I don't know. Like, I've already met his parents. His daughter approves of me. Like, it just feels like this is real. It feels like something now. And so I thought that that was cool because And she did. said that he was, like, in the beginning when he... Oh, it was when he was, like, coming over. Yeah. That she was, like, trying to clean and everything. And her, and the roommate was saying kind of similar. Like, why are you so worried about it? And she was like, those guys... I've been dating boys. He's He's a, a man. man. He needs <laughs> a woman like, who can cook. Yeah. So why aren't you cooking? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I loved, too, the the nods of she's like she's a feminist, which is amazing because they at one point in time, Emily wanted to go to the mall really badly. And she takes Becca (laughs) into this princess store and she's like, can we please get princess makeovers? And Becca goes, you don't need a makeover. You're perfect. Plus, you're too young to understand this, that the beauty industry is a patriarchal, like a patriarchal (laughs) way to control us. And Emily goes, my mom used to always say. There's nothing wrong with your insides, but there's nothing wrong with making your outsides sparkle. And I was like, yes, I'm going to say that forever. She's like, well, in I that case. I love that so much because I love the, I really love the storyline when they do like makeovers, not for the like, you know, before and after, mm-hmm. but just that bonding. I love yeah. the mother daughter like story where they have that cute little like fixing your hair or like oh you're trying makeup for this person i love yeah those. they're like, just I like think they're so cute yeah and she's like but, you, you could just sparkle like, yes. yes but i do love i do appreciate being like okay that's not like your beauty yeah you know your beauty isn't that and then i love that they were like oh yeah like but there's nothing wrong with making your outside sparkle and i was like 
that was perfect. It was such like, a good way. And and it kind of like subtly they they talked about the late wife, you know, yeah. and the late mother um several times. I don't I think it was like Maggie, Maggie or something. Yeah. And um she seemed wonderful, you know, whatever, but they didn't talk about her just all that much, but that was such a cute nod mm-hmm. to the fact that she was quirky, yeah. you know, and that she um, knew who she was. Like, you just kind of had this sense of, like, the reason Emily is this quirky kid isn't just her grief. Yeah. Like, you could have pinned that on, you know, pinned the quietness and all this kind, of, all these kind of things that, yes, but she was a very unique human, mm-hmm. you know, like, she just very... I don't know. Some of the things that she cared about, it was like, you're a weird kid, but like own it. Yeah. And she kept <laughs> talking. She's like, Becca, you're weird. And Becca was yeah. like, thanks. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So like they get these cute little pretty princess makeovers and all this stuff. And like she gives her a little lesson in feminism. But then she was also, you know, like, yeah, we can make the outside sparkle. I just yeah. want to know what kind of store that was because they had a full prom dress that Becca could fit into and also like princess dresses for Emily. So I was like. But also, <laughs> this was before uh, Becca and Nate were like, oh, we're actually, we actually like each other. Yep. And on this play date with him and his daughter, she's in a strapless dress and she ain't small. Right, there. right. You know what I'm she saying? She got some girls. So I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're overflowing and you're staring, staring down, doing the long stare. I put, I made that note. Yeah. that long stare. That's like, oh, that's, they, they get the love eyes. Oh yes. And she's wearing like the strapless dress. And I was like, they didn't have any halter tops. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, that's hair that I have definitely worn for a dance recital. Like, that hairstyle. I have certainly worn that for a dance recital. Mm. And my high school self would have died for that dress for prom. Like, 100%. Oh, I mean, like, 100%. It was stunning. Yes. But it was just, like, it was that moment of, like, you are 30 hanging out with this little girl that's in your class. Yeah. Like, why are you wearing that dress? It's so funny. (laughs) Like, they didn't have any other dresses cool i know it was just like some of the stuff in the movie nothing was wrong with it in the sense of like the fact that you know they talk about feminism and they talk about grief and all this stuff but it just seems so different for hallmark and i wonder if that's like a hallmark movies and mysteries thing because i've never actually seen a movie from that kind of like sub network of them but i was like okay all right they talk Mm -hmm. about all this cool stuff and like when we watched Sweet Carolina they talked about grief really well but um, it's just new it's still new to me to see that done so well it is it is and that's the thing is like we can Hollywood Hollywood it and say like oh and they lived happily ever after like there were still struggles there were still and to to kind of wrap it all up for you guys um, in the end she writes this this thesis and she had submitted it and and she printed it out and it was like in her purse, and he he happens to mm-hmm. stumble across it, and as he's reading it, it's talking about the subject and whatever, and he assumes that she wrote about Emily, and he won't listen to her explanation. I hate this. I despise that. It I gets despise on my nerves. When people won't every time. I'm like, you you don't. This doesn't happen in real life, no. or actually, it does only in like super abusive, unhealthy yeah. relationships. So like, the, and that's not what that was. And so for her to not st- stand up and say, spoiler alert, guys, that. The entire paper was actually, Becca wrote it about Becca. Yeah. Like, she recognized how much she had not healed and dealt with things, and she didn't want to touch on that subject. She didn't want to deal with it. And then eventually, working with Emily helped her to kind of sort through some Mm -hmm. stuff, and she became the subject. And so you find out in her thesis argument, because he came with Emily, 
because the mentor was like, I think you should come and hear what she has to say. And, you know, she's talking and she's like, so inspired by this little girl, I decided to become the subject and I did it. So you kind of have that like, oh, that's actually That was cute. I wasn't expecting that at all. I know. And I love that I did not predict that at all. I predicted that he would find it, that he would get insulted. Yeah. But I hated the stupid, like, you know, I'm not going to listen to you thing. (sighs) So annoying. Um, But it was definitely like. Oh, and I found what her thesis topic was the psychological effects of losing a parent. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was good. They handled it really well. And the Hollywood movie moment could, you know, be that, um, and they never struggled again. But I think what they did well was her kind of writing on, like, what happens when a child is not given the tools and the ability to emotionally express themselves. Mm -hmm. and. She realized, um, I think uh, Nate had mentioned that Emily hadn't cried, Mm -hmm. you know, since her mother's death. And that made her realize, like, I don't know, does Emily know that she's allowed to? Right. You know, like, simple stuff like that. And um, I just think that they handled those types of topics really well um, because they didn't say, oh, she cried, so now she's fine. Yeah. It was, oh, she realized crying is fine and she can continue doing it. Like, yeah, she is not this like everybody thinks that she's so cool at school person, but she now wants to hang out with the other kids. Like, yeah. She you know what I mean? Like, those, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't that everything now is perfect. It was functioning and discovering yourself and sorting through your emotions is now more possible because you have the ability to. Yeah, and it wasn't like an unbelievable huge shift. It's not like yeah. it's not like Emily was bullied at school and all this stuff and then suddenly she's the most popular. She yeah. the kids recognized that she kept to herself. They knew like her mom died, she doesn't talk much. They never picked on her. They never did anything mean to her. And then all of a sudden, she's their best friend. She just started opening up more and trying things and putting herself out there slowly. And then towards the end of the movie, she has friends in class now. And then with Becca, like, at the beginning of the movie, it felt discombobulated. She said that she knew how unpredictable life was because, you know, she never dealt with the loss of her mom as a child. And she didn't have a support system because she had mentioned that her dad was never around. So she was raised by her grandparents, but she said that she didn't have the tools and the support system. And so when her mom died, she, as a child, thought, like, you know, life is unpredictable. Let's have as much fun as we can right now. And so that kind of led to her being maybe a little bit disorganized and not able to commit to, in this example, her major. She had changed her major like four times, Um, you know, running late all the time feeling a little bit all over the place. She threatened to quit her thesis once she and Nate got in this argument because she said that she ruins everything and so she's like, why try? And so that shifted from her feeling like a mess and then slowly we start to see, like, she's getting to class early. She's typing her thesis. It's, like, again, stuff that I can super relate to because I am – still in college and Mm -hmm. go through periods of time where I feel like the discombobulated Becca and sometimes I'm like no I can get myself together and it just like and at first I was like why do they show this side of her after she like meets a guy and it's a good relationship but I think it's she didn't just meet a guy and all of a sudden things changed it's like she was finding herself through building a relationship with good people and good support and 
that happens in life if you find people. Yeah, and it wasn't as much she grew up. Because that was what I was getting annoyed with yeah. in the beginning. Was, I was like, girlfriend, you are 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Get it together. But when you discover that she had lost her mom, mm-hmm. then you start re- you kind of start recognizing subtle things that were like, oh, you haven't dealt with that. Yeah. You know, like those types of things. All of a sudden, the constantly running, you know, from place to place, the quitting things and, and changing your mind and never really finishing things and not really having direction with your life, it all made sense. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that she was like, she grew up and she just became this really responsible yeah. adult. It was she healed. Yeah. And in the psychology world and the development world, you know, this, the, the science and everything behind it, they're discovering that uh, there are different theories, however, on development. However, like my opinion is there are stages of development that we all have to go through Mm -hmm. and you have to go through them consecutively. And so if you are, you know, 19 years old and something happened to you at seven, that shouldn't have happened. That was very traumatizing. So that could be um, a harmful thing. That could be a grief thing that can be, you know, things like that or whatever that can cause you to not properly go through the stages of development mm-hmm. because you're kind of in this like stuck limbo phase there if you don't actually properly deal with it yeah now does that mean in that moment you have to no it just might mean over the next two or three years instead of moving forward developmentally and being able to understand certain concepts and being able to um, even have perspectives outside of yourself yeah you know so just just seeing something you know objectively mm-hmm. a lot of times people can't do that and when you really get to the root of it there's some developmental issues there mm-hmm. and it's just because ish happened to them as a child and they were never given the ability to deal with it yeah um and so my theory or the theory that i usually stick with i forgot who the heck it is that people give credit to but is that you cannot skip you know right. you can't stages are not based on age they're based on like the amount of time you spend in them you mm-hmm. know and properly experience them and then move forward um other people believe that you you can skip it's just it'll be a modified version Mm -hmm. and it won't be like the correct way right so you'll kind of you'll get to that like 30 years of age and you'll be functioning you'll be able to do things but you won't have you know even the simple like develop the skills of time awareness and she just didn't have that so like there's kind of these two different fields of thought out there I tend to be in the you have to go back heal from your ish and then you can move forward yeah in a consecutive manner and do it in a healthy you know full way yeah I remember listening to a podcast not too long ago and I've probably mentioned it on here before I love like true crime and podcasts like the the anxiety inducing ones that are like I survived like stuff but that's a story for another time of why I think my brain works that way but yeah. I listened to one where this girl said something really traumatic happened to her when she was like 15 um and oh sorry no it was uh trigger warning it was about Columbine and so she was like I you know I was in high school I was went to Columbine high school when all this happened and she realized like as a you know at, at age like 30 35 or however old she realized like I never I never like dealt with it properly so like mentally emotionally in some aspects of my life I'm still a 16 year old and so I had to go back and like properly deal with that so then I could move out of my parents house I could finish school I could get a job it's like all this stuff that 
she was like, I was actually developmentally delayed and didn't even realize it because I never dealt mm-hmm. with the trauma of yeah. that event and the following. Well, and we, in, in our society, when we hear about things like developmentally delayed or whatever, we, we, we like think severe, mm-hmm. you know, and we think, um, a, a diagnosis mm-hmm. is required. I'm not saying it's not okay. Right. I'm not saying that you might not have a diagnosable situation. However, I do believe that when we go to something like counseling and we say, hey, I've got this issue, you know, this thing, this, this thing that happened to me, that happened around me, that happened to others I really care about, whatever it is when I was at, you know, this age and I've never really dealt with it. And we start to like sort through that, that delay Mm -hmm. is able to slowly but surely, and we're talking 1%, Yeah, you know, 1% 1 at at a time, um, it's able to shrink and either completely go away or become much more manageable. Mm-hmm. Like we're able to, instead of being overwhelmed, recognize, oh, wow, because um, I'm at this emotional state and life is, you know, hitting me hard right here. I'm not handling this very well. So let me do these things. Let me say no to those things. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of where you end up getting. And that's a great place. We had to take a brief intermission, everybody. And now we're back. I did. Now we are back. So I want to end kind of our review of the movie with the scoring. Yeah. So Emily never does the rubric. <laughs> no, no. Perfectly <laughs> fine. So you can just for a second think through what your score is going to be based on whatever the heck scoring scale you want to give. But um, a few that I gave really good scores to were romantic gestures. I changed it from hometown vibes to homey vibes because huh. the home they were mainly in homes. Yeah. And the homes were so good. So cute. They were so cute. And they were just, they were very homey. Yeah. Like, it, it, it was decorated, like, cute, but not um, stark, you know, couldn't actually live there type of thing. Mm-hmm. So romantic gestures and homey vibes, I gave a 16 out of 20. And then the meet cute moment was a 20 out of 20 because I laughed so hard. at the It was fact so cute. It, it was a play date, but yes. with a grown woman. Um, three things that I gave really low scores of six um, to each of these was personality attraction, couples chemistry, and title-like ability. <laughs> and the only reason I gave the so title-like ability, as we've already dissed, it does not make Makes sense. Makes no sense. But the personality attraction and the couple's chemistry, they were just awkward. They were just awkward with each other. And as relatable as it was and as whatever, like, it was still like, bruh, at some point, warm up to each other. Right. (laughs) So that part was annoying. Timelines. Um, And then overall predictability, I gave 11 uh, and 11 too because there were parts that I did not anticipate. Um, But overall, I basically knew, you know, what was going to happen next. Like, I knew that they were going to lose each other at the planetarium. (laughs) Oh, I... You could know, not have predicted that, honestly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and I'm realizing I I totally tallied this up. I must not have saved my document. Um, what is that? 6, 12, 18, 4, 38. Wow, am I going to do this live? Um, <laughs> 64, 55, 55, no, 55, 75, 91. 91 out of, of uh, 140, everybody. That was great math skills. <sighs> Thank you. Was, I don't know what that is percentage-wise. I think it was like, I think I gave it like a 40% by accident. So by accident. Would you say it was 91? No, it, w- it would have been like 60%. 91 out of 140? Yeah. 65. Yeah. 65. That's good. So it was okay. Um, if you really like Hallmark movies, you will really enjoy this movie. It was very cute. You know, um, the storyline was different in a good way. Like, really enjoyed all of that. However, 
Um, they have done better when it comes to the things that I really care about, which are like that couple's chemistry. Um, and the storyline was a little bit wonky. Like the timeline, the timeline was weird to me. It felt incredibly fast and yet it was supposedly over four months or something. Yeah. You know, like that's why I wish we knew. I know. So like even season, seasonal changes could have helped, you know, whatever. So some of those subtle things, but I do think they handled it really well. I do think it was an enjoyable movie. Um, I doubt I'll watch it again, but I also wouldn't hate it if I watched it again. Yeah. So that's, fair. that's a, that's a big, big deal. So what's, what's you, what's your score? And what's your <sighs> what do, I don't know what my score would be. I forgot if I did like out of five or out of 10. I think you do out of five. I do I do out of five. So I really liked their moments of honesty um leading up like throughout the movie what lost me with their chemistry i thought the chemistry was good and but what lost me i hate those i hate those moments in movies where the guy or whoever finds something and is like she and like so he's reading her thing and she literally goes you haven't finished reading it you don't know what it's gonna say like just finish reading it and he goes I've read all I needed to. I've read enough. I've read enough. I've seen enough. I was like, okay, Nate, you're being emotional. Like, stop telling (laughs) my feminism rant. Like, I know. I'm going to start telling men that they're being emotional. Yeah. Like, they tell women they're being emotional. Which, and I think that's what, like, the whole movie, they were so open and honest Mm -hmm. and forthright about things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he was like, nope. Yeah. And it was, it was because it was about Emily. But, like, she freaking lost Emily and he didn't lose it on her. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm like. Up until this whole point, you Mm -hmm. guys have had, like, weird tiffs about your relationship. Like, putting your relationship with Emily as a father first. Amazing. Perfect. But, like, you've heard her out. And you've been the supportive one up until this point. Like, I get it if you're upset. And that's valid and totally fine. Because, yeah, that's probably a lot to take in at first to be like, were you just using us the whole time? And that's such a trope that I'm actually, like, really annoyed with all the time. You were just using me. Blah, blah, blah. Like, are you seriously <laughs> going to say that this woman who... You've watched her grow. Yeah. Like, in your relationship. You've watched your child blossom because of her. You've watched her be this unique, open, honest, caring woman in your child's life. And you're going to sit there and accuse her of using you guys? Right. It's it's pathetic. It is. It's honestly pathetic. And what makes me mad, too, is, like, from that point, basically through the end of the movie, I liked the resolution of the movie. Obviously, they end up together, and it's cute, and they're, like, a happy family. But from that point, and then all of a sudden, Becca became really insufferable to me because she was like, it's all my fault. I ruined it. No, you didn't. You were you were doing well, your job. Like, you were doing your job. And to, to find out that it was you that... It's like, okay, I know that they wanted that, like, whoa, that was you that was the subject matter moment, and it was good. That yeah. that really was a good moment um, on the, like, Hallmark actually being unpredictable yeah. scale. I was like, okay. But it was like, you knew that it was about you, and you're all, I ruined everything. Like, honestly, crying because you miss him and crying because you miss Emily and all that kind of stuff is fine, but, like... I wish he would have listened to me would have been a better thing to yeah, say. Yeah, like... You know, I wish that he would understand that I would never do something like that would be a better thing yeah, to say. Yeah, because... As opposed to, I ruin everything. Be, yeah, because that was her line. She was like, I just ruin everything I do. And that hadn't been a theme at all up until that point. So it, it, it had, had like no merit. It had non-committal. Yeah. Like non-committal and flaky, but yeah. like, I ruin I've everything I ruined everything. I it was like, that just seemed like... 
a j- yeah. overly dramatic, like especially from the confident feminist. Yeah, the know, whole time, and that's why I was like, from mm-hmm. that point to to like the thesis presentation, which I did cry at. I will have you know, <laughs> I cried a couple of times during this movie. So overall, I really liked it. I I might watch it again. I would recommend a lot of people watch it. To be honest, yeah. I liked it, um, but the that point it just makes me so annoyed because then she became super annoying because she's like i'm quitting i'm quitting i'm just gonna quit Mm -hmm. and no yeah like don't yeah just stop and prove him wrong (laughs) like i have a question for you okay all right folks at the end of the movie um nate and emily they're in the audience of her thesis defense and emily was like um can I ask a question? I miss you. You're my best friend. I was just wondering, could we have another play date? It was awkward as crap, but it was so cute. Right. And she, like, goes up and she hugs her and then she, like, makes out with Nate in front of everybody. And the audience claps. Nope. <laughs> Here's my question to you. Did you hate her, like, sob fest on the couch more than the clapping for the kiss? <sighs> Because I hated the clapping for the kiss the most. I So I never text Sophie during these to, I never text her to tell her what I think because we want it to be like live while we're talking about it. I texted her and I said she would not pass this thesis presentation no. in real life. No, ma'am, no. stop ruining no. your hard work. Save the kiss for later. I think <laughs> the thesis part was more annoying. Was like I hated that more because I was mm-hmm. like, girl, do your presentation. This is stop this wasting like time. Your life's work. And I was putting myself in the position of just like a random observer. Like I would feel so uncomfortable if that happened in real life. I'd be That's like, can you finish saying. your presentation? Like I have to be somewhere. Like, can you imagine being in any of your college courses? And this girl is giving a just regular old presentation because that's about the level it was. It was not that. No, it wasn't great. (laughs) And a guy is just sitting there and he stands up and he's like, I'm in love with you. And she walks up and makes out with him. You would be like, I would feel so uncomfortable. I would hope that they weren't making out right next to me. And then I, I, her crying on the couch, whatever, just being melodramatic. I get it. But like (laughs) her. I would be so mad. I would be like, I want, like, I want an extra scene of somebody like me just in the back, like, like, making these faces and eating a snack. Like, are you guys done yet? Like, I wanted to see that. But I, um, also, for thesis presentations, aren't you supposed to have, like, a visual aid or something? Probably. Because she didn't have any of that. But I just, I loved how they were building it up and, like, you know, bad outfits aside. I thought the awkwardness was okay because, like, they, it was an awkward situation to, like, have this nine-year-old befriend a 30-year-old and be like, come have ice cream with me. And all of a sudden, this, like, woman shows up on a play date. Like, it's kind of weird. So, and then I think maybe him treading lightly because first relationship since his wife died and it's, like... First, okay, can we talk about that? Yes. This is the first play date I've been on yeah. since my wife died. And I was like, I am obsessed with how they are basically talking about how this is his first date since his wife passed away yeah. and they're doing it in a creative way. Uh, yeah. So I get the awkwardness level and yeah. the yeah. discomfort level of like yeah. him having a daughter and having to navigate that and mm. everything. But they lost me when the you know, I'm not going to hear you out. I've heard all I need to. I do love how she just like stared at him before she walked out. She was just like, are you serious? Like her eyes were just over it. And I, the advisor, when he just like 
goes to Nate's house and is like, "That was weird." Was like, "You should hear her out." Really, yeah. it's like, "Who are you?" But how do you yeah. know where I live? What's going yeah. on? That's I was like I was sitting there going, somebody's gonna go to Nate and get him to come to this thesis thing, but who? Because their lives didn't overlap. No, they didn't. Like, and unless it was like the grandparents came into town and were like, Bro. Yeah. <laughs> figure out what's I going them. on. Like they that would have made more sense. Yeah. So I think like towards the end they kinda yeah. I'm just tired of like these movies doing really well and then at one point it just they it's just like a throwaway for the rest of the movie. Um, but all that to say, I'd probably give it, like, a 3.5 out of 5 if okay. somebody were to watch it. Um, I did I think cry. it's an enjoyable – I think it is a very enjoyable Hallmark movie. It is. I just have high hopes for Hallmark to one day have, you know, these movies that are, like, we know that they're going to be a happy ending. We just don't know how. Yeah. And you have these great actors and these great scenes and these great concepts. And I think the concepts have gotten so good. Lately. Yeah. Like, they've gotten so good. And I think the unpredictable parts are getting there. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, this my standard now, I feel like, is Sweet Carolina's. Like, yeah. just everything about that movie was really good. Yeah. Um, that I'm like, that's, I know Hallmark's capable. I just think sometimes they get lazy with some of these parts where it's like, instead of saying, hey, guys, you know, you're still being stiff, warm it up a little bit. They just kind of keep leaning into that. And I'm like, no, like, that's not how you do yeah, that. Yeah, and I liked their or... acting. I'd never seen this actress before yeah. who played Becca. I liked, I liked her. The guy who plays Nate is hot. He's very attractive. He's, like, definitely, like, dad hot. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I loved – there was a montage when he was getting ready for the first official date with Becca. (gasps) Where he was, like, trying on outfits, and it was, like, a montage of him getting Emily's opinion. She goes, you look like a dad. And then the second outfit, she goes, you look like my principal. Like, it was just (laughs) so savage and so cute. But I loved it, too, because – typically it's the girl yeah like typically it's the girl that does that and instead it was the dad with the daughter and it's adorable. i love those wholesome like moments of like the yes. dad with the daughter and like yeah. all this all this yeah. stuff so because emily or not emily Haley would have done that with me like yeah. if i was about to go on a date and it was like a boy i was really interested in yeah like, and i was like what do you think she would be like mm, that seems more like what you'd wear to work yeah mm, that feels like you know whatever like she would definitely do that to me or like oh yeah that's what you would wear oh freaking are you serious <laughs> She said that to me the other day. Oh, that looks like you. Oh, that that <laughs> looks like you. What is that supposed to mean? Like, like, I was like, is that a compliment? And she was like, I don't know. It's just just a fact. <laughs> it's just like so matter of fact. I love that. I know. That so yes, like I liked this movie. Yeah. I cried a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail about those parts because I think that listeners go watch it and tell me if you cried yes, and tell me what yes. parts and I'll tell you if they're yes. the same parts but you can see a picture guys if you go follow us on our Instagram that Sophie just created um shameless plug uh I posted a picture on my Instagram story that we can share on our yeah. podcast Instagram story of me yeah. literally crying and I said <laughs> if I I was like I don't know I don't know what's going on with me. Some of the moments were really sweet and really good and really well acted. It just, they lost me at that part where Mm. he suddenly finds the thesis. Like, I didn't predict that happening, but I, as soon as he saw it, I was like, oh gosh, it's going to be one of those. Not my favorite. So, overall, pleased. And I I will say, like, I'm a sucker for the single parent, Mm -hmm. you know, storyline. That is literally my life. And I... I used to heavily roll my eyes at the, like, I have to pick her first. And I, I, I'm, like, all for that. I'm all for, like, the parent saying, hey, I have to pick my child first, mm-hmm. whatever. Because in a traditional 
situation, you actually choose the spouse yeah. over the child. And yet when the child's there before the spouse comes along, like, sorry, but the child actually does matter more. And mm-hmm. so I have to kind of live in that flipped, you know, upside down world. So when I watch it play out, I'm like, no, I kind of get it. Like that is how it usually rolls, you know, with things to just kind of be like, if, if Haley's not feeling it, I, I just, I, she has to be priority. Like yeah. I made a decision to, you know, to have her in my life. Like she didn't choose this and I'm not going to sit there and be like, mm, you don't matter. You can't pick you know, and choose like, from that point. Yeah. No, you can't. And so me, me choosing her, you know, every single day includes that romantic partner and like her feelings on it and everything like that. Although she's just, desperate for me to find love so she uh, i doubt she as we all are oh but God. only on your terms only on my terms and who but i will say it. like this this summer um one of my brother's friends had you know he came over and my brother didn't really say anything much about this guy it was just like a former friend from liberty whatever and um <laughs> i was like walking downstairs and i happened to like look in the mirror i had just like woken up from my nap looked in the mirror my hair was bomb I had no makeup on. Love that. I had just been in the sun all day, you know, on the lake or whatever. So I had, like, showered after lake, but lake hair. Yeah. You know, so it was, like, the really big, poofy, but, like, crimpy, curly. And I, like, walk in, and I was like, hello, Guff's God's gift to mankind. <laughs> <laughs> you showed me a picture of him. He's pretty cute. Oh, he's so cute. And um, from, like, across the room, between, and, like, there were, like, several people between us. He was like, hey, <laughs> I'm Matt. What's your name? <laughs> Uh, whatever and you want it to be. <laughs> I know. And I was like, um, no, I, but he was just, he was really personable. And, um, I remember like, I mean, we got along fine and I wasn't worried about that, but he, at one point we were talking about something and he literally like stops talking to me in turns and was like, so Haley. And it was like asking her a ton of questions. And I was like, yeah, that's what I like, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it pff, like, we haven't seen each other since. So it's not like anything has grown from that, but it was a, it was a, it was a little moment that the Lord gave me of like standards. Yeah. You know, like if he is not engaging with her, if you're having to make conversations for them, like that's not a good sign, you yeah. know? And so, um, even this dude that, you know, it's not like we were going on dates and I was like, here's my daughter. Like it was just, he happened to be along for the ride, hot as crap, yep. you know, whatever. Never hurts. Who was, yeah, seriously. Um, who was like genuinely invested in Haley. Like, that was cool. And it kind of made me go, all right, well, if other people aren't as great about that, then bye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. High standards for both of you, and that's a great thing. It is a great thing. So, well, that is our review. Um, Our next movie, uh, we should have had some Christmas music. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. It's going to be... Oh, we should have done that one. Um, the next movie is going to be a Christmas movie. Boyfriends of Christmas Past. Boyfriends of Christmas Past. It is one of the first Christmas movies that Hallmark has come out with this season. So excited. Yes. Uh, it is currently October 25th, 2021, guys. And we already have Christmas movies to choose from. But Let's go. This, <laughs> the next movie. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Let's go about Christmas. <laughs> Let's go Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the first Christmas movie review will be coming out the first week of November. That's right. Um, so it will be post Halloween to all of you Halloween uh, pure people, Me. whatever. Junkies. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so we will be doing that. But we also have something really exciting that's going to be in that episode as well, which is my friend uh, Sarah is going to be interviewed by Emily and I because by Emily and me. Sorry, I said that wrong. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> because uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I told Emily before we started this podcast that I want to find people who have stories that I think Hallmark should like create a movie based on yes <laughs> like should be inspired by um and so like Hallmark movie moments maybe that we've had so Emily and I talked about like our best kisses that we've had yes. with Blaze um and then but like just those love stories or things like that and Sarah has a really good one I'm so excited and, yeah and she uh, do I spoil it do I spoil like no, her current no. okay because so, you yeah, guys all have to come back and listen later. Yes, you are definitely, this is our tease. You're definitely going to want to tune in for that. That's going to, so we're going to be interviewing her this week for next week's podcast episode that's going to release. So you guys are definitely going to want to come on for that. Yes. But Emily, I, you mentioned the Instagram. Would you like to tell the folks out there about our Instagram I would account? love to. So make sure you're following us on Instagram is Hallmark underscore remarks pod. So mm-hmm. we have, um, Kind of a little recap on there of all the movies we've covered thus far. Plus, we have a schedule of the Countdown to Christmas for Hallmark, and we're going to share some fun stories. That's where, from now on, we will be having our polls for, like, movie submissions or, mm-hmm. um, you know, any fun games we play. We will ask yeah. the questions on our Instagram. But for any of you who want to submit your story, um, we'd love to hear about your personal Hallmark yes. story or any stories that could have been or anything like that that you want to email us about. Um, send that to our Gmail, which is hallmarkremarkspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe we'll have some episodes if we get enough. Yeah. We'll just read some of your stories on air. And yes. um, we'd love to Gmail, do that. DMs, whatever. Yeah. Just get it to us somehow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hallmark underscore remarks pod is our Instagram account because we want to make it as fun and easy to ex- access us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have a ton. I think it's like over 100 Christmas movies um, that <sighs> Lifetime, Netflix, CBS, and Hallmark are coming out with. Except I made a mistake. And I only did the regular Hallmark movies that are coming out. I didn't do Hallmark movies and mysteries. Well, based Christmas off this one, one tonight, I, I would like to watch more of their movies and mysteries. I know. So, folks, there is a checklist app. Okay. Hang on. Let me pull it up really fast. Um, and I did it. Did I do it last year or two years ago? It was something like that. And it's called... Um, it just says movie checklist, but I think it's like Hallmark movie checklist in the app store. Um, <laughs> and they like have all the movies on there and you can say like, Hey, I've done this, whatever. Ooh. So you can know, you can remember which ones you've watched and which ones you haven't. Fun. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do every single one of them. Um, so there's several different, like, you know, options out there of like things that you could watch, whatever, like stations and stuff. Um, and by several, I mean, there's like 50 um 50 different like stations so if i just did countdown to christmas and miracles of christmas which are the um sorry (laughs) so big i was trying to hide the microphone (laughs) i'm just like i'm looking down at my phone trying to tell everybody this and i look up and her mouth is so So wide wide. (laughs) Uh, but countdown to christmas and miracles of christmas um, the Countdown to Christmas is 122 movies. By oh, my. So that's regular Hallmark. Who does that? And then Miracles of Christmas is 163. Guys, these are new. These are not, like, 
they came out last year and they're re-releasing them these are all 2021 they've been busy yeah i mean like there's so many and the thing is with how many people like out there diss on it i'm like hallmark's not making a hundred or actually i think it's like 263 movies you know new christmas movies or whatever for two people like there are millions of people that watch these truly movies and i'm starting to see a lot more tiktok content revolving Uh around hallmark and i just like Uh to say i think you and i put our stamp on it first no i'm just kidding but it's kind of funny that like now all these people are doing like pitching their own hallmark's movies and i'm like listen we have a whole podcast about it we have a whole pod um so we're not gonna be able to do all of them and we're not even sorry about that um there are literally no hour not enough hours in the day we could do one a day for the next year and still and we not i'm not gonna put that idea in your head (laughs) but do you realize i just said that there's 263 no i know but like (laughs) i thought that as soon as i said the next year because lifetime Mm, yeah yeah so we have a ton of so lifetime is an incredibly diverse um uh like program i don't know what i'm trying to say but like their cast and storylines are incredibly diverse yeah so um i'm really excited about several of those we've got one that has monique coleman Ugh. and corbin blue i am who so are, ready who were from high school musical and they were a couple then like they're in a dance one about dancing yeah um that's that's lifetime so we've got some really fun looking ones and i'm just gonna be honest with you if we get some like crappy ones rec- or not recommended but requested of us i'm all for it i'm mm-hmm. all for watching the trashy stupid ones yeah but majority of what we're going to review i think are going to be the ones that we're going to be like hey yeah this is the one yeah. you want to like drink some hot for cocoa, sure and there are know, some whatever. from like years ago that mm. are just my favorite like i'm yes. waiting for another one to stand the test of time like some of the hallmark movies that i love so mm. there's well, also can we talk about like the movie holiday and handcuffs oh like, yeah i haven't seen that in years and i would love to watch it's like that. straight trash and i love it with it's all my heart. so much <laughs> so much magic in that i love it's it so good so anyway, okay, so we're going to end it yes. here, um, but we wanted to let you guys know that the Christmas movies are starting next podcast episode. Um, you're definitely going to want to tune in. You're definitely going to want to hear those because there are literally hundreds of movies so to many. choose from, and we're going to tell you which ones to avoid and which ones to watch. Exactly. And um, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us the last hour and a half, and um, we want to hear your thoughts, and we want to hear from you, but until next time... Bye. I'm Sophie. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to do that. Oh, Sophie. <laughs> that's Sophie, and I'm Emily, and this has been Hallmark Remarks, Hallmark Remarks. After Dark. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye, everyone. Okay, bye. <laughs>